You're listening to Man Meat Barbecue, the podcast, with your host, Mikey K. Our sponsors are Manbecue and Myron Mix and Smokers. If you don't know who Manbecue is, you better check it out. They're one of the coolest things in barbecue around. We do a meetup on the last Thursday of every single month. Let us take over your backyard. Let's see how much fun we can have. Looking for a new cooker? Look no further than the American-made Myron Mix and Smokers. Maybe you're a backyard enthusiast. Maybe you're a restaurant owner. Maybe you're looking to get into the catering game. They can accommodate it all. So make sure you go over to MyronMixAndSmokers.com and check out your next rig. And when you email them, tell them Mikey from Man Meat Barbecue sent you. So let's not waste any more time and let's get into this fucking podcast. What's up, guys? We are going going to Australia for this podcast. Um, and and we we've had this love these lovely people on before. It's Suck Knuckle from from Australia. Suck Knuckle Smokers. Um, it's been a while. You guys were starting off doing doing fantastic. Craig, you're still doing fantastic. But fill us in for the last two years. What, what's been going on? Whew, I don't know, man. It's been a big two years. <laughs> a fair bit's happened since we last spoke. So um, I think when we last spoke, we were just getting into competition barbecue, I think. Um, yeah. You know, it's just uh, early early into the um, piece of competing. I think we've just done maybe one or two competitions. And um, basically, we've been going pretty strong since then, just um, still competing, still just um, doing it all. Um, yeah. <laughs> we... Um, we won an Australian championship. We've um, gone to the World Food Championships over in Alabama. We've gone to the World State Championships in um, Texas. And just, um, yeah, just, just still having fun with it. <laughs> now, how did you feel the, uh, the World Food Championships different, differed from competition barbecue? Uh, the, yeah, the World Food Championships is um, very different. It's... Um, it's a bit, it's a bit sort of confusing to understand at first, but um, basically there's a whole group of um, different categories. Um, so there's, you know, burgers and bacon, there's steak, um, but then there's two different barbecue categories as well. So they have the um, KCBS competition and the um, IBCA competition. Um, so I think even this year they've mixed it up a bit more. They've done sort of a, a little bit different this year. I'm, I'm not too preview on that i don't know how i didn't i didn't read up on it this year <laughs> <laughs> like i didn't go so i didn't read up and it's fine don't matter yeah basically but um no i mean that, that that was good like so the competition that when we did it last year was um basically the same as any other kcbs competition basically um you know your four categories you hand them in your turn in boxes and they get judged the same way so um that that was just the same as normal um then the the IBCA competition, that was something different that we've never done before. As obviously we don't have that down here in Australia. Um, it's the International Backyard Cookers Association, I think it stands for. Um, that was very different from what we were used to, because that can get judged up to up to twenty people. So um, they're not qualified judges; they're just general backyard sort of you know enthusiasts or basically just members of the public whoever wants to come in if if they like it it's good and that's how it goes isn't they're not (laughs) basically anyone uh, who just kind of wants to come up to you and say listen your barbecue's shit (laughs) yeah yeah basically (laughs) so we we got we got a little bit of heads up when we're over there sort of because we we didn't really know much about that one but because we're over there we figured like we may as well do it and so um we just got basically told cook it till it's almost fallen apart and then that's probably probably good enough <laughs> to do well. Cook it to but where you would you never do... turn it in any other contest. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And uh, I think they got, I think they said that they eat it with like forks. They get given plastic forks. So they're not allowed to actually pick up the slice of brisket or whatever. They just dig in with a fork. And so they need to be able to, they need to be able to pick off like a chunk or a piece just with a fork. So it has to be <laughs> well enough to be able to do that. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't think we did that well in that competition, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always like, a struggle. Yeah, yeah. So when you do your brisket, instead of doing like, you know, six slices and uh, six burn ends or whatever you do, you have yeah. to lay out enough, enough for 20 portions. So you just fill the box with either 
all burnt ends or all slices. Same with the pork. If you're putting, it's either one or the other. You can't put money, muscle, and pulled. It's either all pulled or all money. Um, so yeah, it was just different. Something to experience. We enjoyed it. <laughs> that's that's super weird. It is. <laughs> that's a lot of portions. That's yeah. just like it's, it's too much full, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I, I'm I'm probably not the uh, most. I don't know. There's a whole group of crew out there that do those. You know, do them all the time. So I'm probably not the guy to speak to about that. I'm only a rookie at that one. So. <laughs> well, how, how are competitions coming in Australia? How's how is um? Because obviously you were around during the beginning. And yeah. Yep. Yep. You've seen them mature. You've seen them grow. I'm sure you've now done a couple competitions, two maybe three years in a row. Um, what's what would you say has been the biggest change in competition in in uh, Australia over the last couple of years? Um, well, something I've noticed definitely, you know, the last last couple of years, especially this year, um, every other team's just getting better, like. Basically, the standards just lifting. So I've noticed just by seeing other people's boxes and trying other people's food, everyone's doing really good now. Like everything looks beautiful. Like you know, not just looks beautiful, it tastes beautiful as well. So um, I reckon that's the biggest thing that I've noticed. Where at the start, maybe you know, in 2016, um, there was a lot of sort of, I guess terrible or ugly looking sort of ugly looking maybe you know just not really competition but i think it's taken a while for people to sort of get into the competition groove of things and not necessarily just cooking your normal brisket but sort of catering it towards the competition style so i guess um that's that's probably the biggest change i've seen and noticed and comps are getting harder now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not so not so easy to get the wins these days (laughs) a little a little bit harder yeah, a little bit harder. <laughs> now, would you say, um, do you think guys are just, they're, they're honing their crafts, they're starting to cook better? Um, I obviously, I can see there's a lot of like, there's a lot of great Australian like stuff now. You know what I mean? Like where it's pit, ma- pit makers from Australia are really making a, some beautiful pits. Yep. Yeah, no, that's right. So um, we've got, a, yeah, we've got a few um, pit makers, you know, Australia, New Zealand, and um, they're doing sort of really good business, um, making really good pits um, and also crude, crew, you know, making rubs and sauces. So we, we're getting a bit more of that, um, people doing that in Australia now rather than necessarily importing everything, which obviously it's really expensive to import a pit from the States. It'll, yeah. You, yeah. It's, it's double what you guys would pay over there. Um and yeah, they're still quite expensive here compared to what you guys pay over there. But um, definitely, you know, cheaper to get them built here and designed here. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, now, mm. you have a couple. You you do have a couple of the state sponsors now. Uh, Cosmo Q is a sponsor. Am I correct? You guys, yeah, that's correct. You guys are on the on the on the Cosmo Q team, which that is some fantastic yeah, awesome, rub. How, oh, beautiful! How did, man. We're, we're stoked to be with that. First got that. I mean, how did the competition scene kind of react to that? Because that was probably a lot different than almost anything else they've seen. Yeah, no, you're right. So um, Cosmos Q is not necessarily completely readily available over here at the moment. Like it's not in, you know, not like other rubs and sauces where sort of every barbecue's galore, every sort of store sells them. So um, there's, you can get them a few places around Australia. And I mean, for us, we we love all the Cosmos Q products, like, and basically, it's no brainer when you know you got rub sources, glazes, injections, and all of it's good. So, yeah. for um, for us, we we just stand by the product because it it just works, man. It's it's good. Um, we've picked up you know a few GCs with it and lots of trophies with it, and so we were just stoked to be on board with those guys. Um, I mean, it's um, as far as other people, I guess. There's probably not a whole lot of other teams completely using it at the moment. Like, I know there's lots of crew using it, you know, a few rubs here, sources there and that, but we're probably the only team that's almost exclusively using Cosmos Q for everything pretty much. Okay. <laughs> um, that maybe makes us stand out from the rest a little bit. Um, maybe not. <laughs> well, I just Either way. I, know, I figured it might like, make you guys stand out just because that flavor profile is a little bit different. Well, it is. Exactly. That's exactly right. Sort of. Um, 
at the moment, you know, as I said, we are probably the only crew exclusively using it, but since we've been exclusively using it, our taste scores have been through the roof, like dropping nines and tens on taste, like pretty much every single blooming category awesome. that we get. And so that's why we like, <laughs> you know, it's just, that's good, man. That's what we want. You can't ask for any more than that. Basically, as long as, you know, the only thing that's letting us down now is us. It's <laughs> 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 the tenderness or, you know, the look or whatever. Like. <laughs> Who messed it up? Well, it was probably us, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I can't blame anything now. <laughs> that, becomes the, that becomes the problem. It's like, well, what do we yeah. blame? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but, yeah, when it comes down to it, if I like it, that's all that matters. I don't care. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, judging, judging doesn't always go how you plan. Sometimes um, you get thrown on that table that you don't want to be on. Yeah, I'm just the same as, you know, serving serving the same ribs at one comp, you get a first place, and then at the next comp you might come, like, third to last or whatever with the same freaking recipe, you know. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the way competition goes sometimes, you know. Yeah. Good to say it was good with bad. So now, since you since we've talked last, you've upgraded your smoker. Yep. You've changed yep. a little bit. What have we, you we've gone through. What have, what have you gone through? What have, what what's your? I guess what did we go through, and how did you come out come out on the smoker that you're on right now? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think the last time we talked, we were talking about the drums. So we're cooking on yeah. ugly drums. Um, we still have them in our in our you know cook cook kit i still cook on ugly drums at home all the time we still bring in the comps because um we just you know they're just good cookers man but um they're not heavy we don't take up a lot of exactly that's it it doesn't matter like they, you can just throw them in the back get them dinged up it doesn't matter they're light easy to transport so that's why they're always handy to have at comps and um you know for us you got the control with a drum um because yeah. you can just take the lid off get lots of oxygen into it, get a blower in there if you need to spike it. So for comps and stuff for us, you know, we cook our brisket in it because we can stick it in, stick our chunks in it and just let it do its thing. And that would be the only, you know, just our one brisket in the yeah. in the ugly drum and it can just roll along and do its thing and get a good smoke ring, get good bark, all that. Um, but then later on, we'll, you know, when that comes out and gets wrapped and we'll use that cooker for chicken because then we can get the temp nice and hot on it really easy. Yep. You know, take the lid for a second because we cook on lump, it just, that temp will spike. Then, you know, we've got a nice hot cooker for chicken. But, um, you know, we've gone through and we had a, we had a Yoda offset for a while. Um, that was good. We had a 20 inch, uh, Yoda Wichita. Um, great cooker. We've had good results with it, but that was a bit of a pig to cart around in the trailer to get to comps. <laughs> Not so maneuverable, you know, um, I think if you were to have an offset for me now, I'd probably make sure it's trailer mounted <laughs> if I was taking it anywhere. Yeah. An offset that's not trailer mounted is good for home, but if you want to take it places, comps and that, having one that you've got to wheel up ramps into the back of the trailer, man, he, so many times I've almost been crushed by those things. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a sketch. Um, so, but for me, I didn't really, I liked cooking on it, but I didn't necessarily have all day to, to devote to sitting around, throwing chunks, you know, throwing you know, wood on and just sort of feeding it. Um, that's good if you're having a party or a barbecue or whatever and, you know, crew are just hanging out, but I'm in and out doing stuff all the time. So that wasn't really suiting me. Yep. If you know what I mean? Like I didn't use it nowhere near as much as I probably yeah. I don't know, could have, I guess. Um so I like that sort of um, cooker where you can sort of set it and let it just roll along and do its thing, like like the drums. So yeah, I was looking at I was looking at cabinet smokers, and um, I've you know talked to a lot of people about cabinet smokers, and uh, they you know they all spoke highly of them. So I eventually ended up getting a um, Pro-Q Stretch, which is um, a reverse flow cabinet smoker, um, runs on charcoal or lump or you know whatever you want to use it. Um, and it just has a water pan in it, so it keeps it nice and moist in the chamber, like lots of capacity in it. It has um, a nice even temp from top of the pit to bottom of the pit, so it doesn't really matter what sort of shelf or where you're cooking in it too much. I was and, gonna, um, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah, based the results off it are just just good, man. Like, you know, 
it looks good, moist, like, and basically you don't have to worry too much about feeding it all the time. You can, once you set it, the thing will just run for 20 hours by itself. Like. <laughs> just set it and let it go. Yeah, yeah. And, and for, you know, that's that's why we chose to go with basically for comp we cook on either one or two ugly drums and the cabinet because you've got lots of other shit to worry about at comps without having to worry about fire maintenance necessarily, you know. Um, yeah. And I don't want to be up at, you know, when I, yeah, you, you, you're basically busy all the time. Well, you know, not busy all the time, but you, you got stuff going on. And I just don't want to be getting up and down all night to feed a fire. I'd rather sit a mass and, you know, take every moment when I can to, to sit down and relax. <laughs> Maybe it's just me being lazy. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But it's working. It's working for you guys because you guys are clearly doing something yeah. good. You're doing a lot. You're, you're winning shit yeah. down there. Um, yeah. Now... When you when you went to the cabinet smoker, did you kind of feel like you were kind of already prepared for that, considering you started on ugly drums? It was almost like an easy transition, wasn't it? Yeah, basically, it's, it, it it's basically exactly the same. The way you set your fire and stuff, it's pretty much the same. You know, you use your sort of minion method. You fill it up, light just a bit, control your heat with your intake as you normally do. But once you once you get that sort of locked in, um, it'll just stay there pretty much for as long as you wanted to really um without too much fuss and that's pretty much the same as the drums so that's what i like about it you know you, you it's just one less thing you have to worry about you don't have to worry about you know your fire dying or fire sparking or a dirty fire or you know anything like that um so yeah that's what that's what i love about them um now how long, how long does it, i was gonna say that was gonna be my question how long does it take to really get that nice clean fire like if if you want to start cooking if you want to get your meat on at 6 a.m., what time do you got to light your fire? Yeah, so I, I can give it about an hour and a half, solid solid hour, hour and a half for it to be ready to go to, to throw your meat in. Just because, you know, it is sort of real thick, five, six mils still all through the inside. And um, basically you need to give it that time just to get, just to get sort of heat soaked and get warm and ready to go. And Because um, we, we burn lump through it. And then so underneath, in the cabinet, underneath the firebox, there's like a little sort of tray, and that's where you just throw your sticks or your chunks in there. So you can burn sticks in there as well. We just throw sort of some decent-sized hunks of either fruit wood or iron bark in there, and um, the ash and the basically the charcoal above it just paralyzes the um, sticks below it just so you get that nice constant smoke through. And we still, you know, just keep it topped up with smoke every now and then, so just keep sort of throw a chunk in here and there just to just to keep it going but um basically once you once you set your charcoals in there you don't have to touch it until freaking next day <laughs> i mean that's awesome here and there yeah the i really like them they're, they're very beautiful contraptions yeah but in the same sense though they they are pigs to move around as well <laughs> i would like, i would imagine i would imagine yeah, um it's just like a 300 kilo dead weight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be a little hard. It ain't going to yeah. be an easy one. Just, and, you know, just um, you need three of us to freaking push the thing up the ramps into the back of the trailer. And, yeah, it's, you know, there's a few times where even our ramps have bent and the things Ooh. wanted to fall over and we've managed to save it. But <laughs> it's if you could have a cabinet and get it mounted on a trailer or something like that, I mean, I that would probably the hand. Yeah, yeah. You just have to put some other we shit know. on that trailer. Yeah, that's it. Or just get a trailer that's got a proper tailgate. That you know, like a nice wide one. That'll yeah. make life easy. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's yeah. that's the way you got to go. Now you've also you you guys gotten some you guys gotten some cool sponsors. You guys got Jack Link's jerky, um, and and I kind of yeah. touch, touch base on that. I don't know that I've seen very many them sponsor very many barbecue teams. No, well. Um, we're stoked to get those guys on board, and it, it sort of just happened by pure coincidence the way we got hooked up with them. But um, they're they're just stoked to be involved in the community. Basically, I don't. I'm pretty sure they don't sponsor any other barbecue teams that I don't know of. Definitely not in Australia. I'm not sure whether they sponsor Crew in America or not. But they are big on sponsorship just in general. So you know they love sponsoring 
you know, they, I think they sponsor the NFL in America and they yeah. sponsor, um, you know, just different sports teams, racing car teams. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Australia, they sponsor like the surf life saving, um, motocross. And so basically they just love getting behind crew that just share the love. So, I mean, I've been eating jerky, Jack Langs, whatever, since <laughs> since forever, man. Who doesn't love jerky? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, which, I, which is why I thought yeah. it was awesome. And then I was, and then I was like, "That'd be awesome, but it'd be so dangerous." Yeah, <laughs> we get a lot of jerky, man. It's like we get a lot of jerky to hand out, and, that, and that's what they were. They were like, "Can you hand stuff out?" And we're like, "Yeah, oh, no, fuck can. you, no, I can eat it." <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll yeah, tell people about we, it. <laughs> so every single competition we go to, we're just handing out boxes of jerky to everyone because it's like, you know, share the love, and that's that's our job as a sponsored team is just to share the love of jerky, man. So that's easy. <laughs> Love it. So yeah, we we just smash it. But you know, they they just love getting behind, just getting behind us and they you know, we're stoked to have them on board. So it helps us out definitely a lot. And I um, you it was know, they're a really cool sponsor. Yeah. And once yeah, it's oh, like well, it it sort of makes sense, right? So, you know, people might think, Oh, that's a bit weird, but it's not really because the demographic of the people who eat jerky is basically the barbecue people, you know, like it's the same sort of demographic, like Oh yeah, barbecuers love eat meat. Like it makes sense, and so I guess they saw that as a you know um, open door as well. So exactly, you know, like just it's just a good way to spread it directly to the people who eat stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it's great. So no, yeah, so they're really good. We've only been with them since um, probably just uh, just after the start of this year. But, um, you know, I like to look after them, and they've been looking after us really well. So if, that's a perfect relationship. If they can help us barbecue and we can share the love, that's that's perfect for us, perfect yep. for them. Yep. No, absolutely. No, we're still- now, yeah. you, you, like we talked about – so we talked about World Food Championships, talked a little bit more about barbecue competitions. Now, you're also doing state competitions, state cook-offs, yep. uh, SC, SCA, right? Yeah. Um, SCA, State Cook Association. So – what made you guys want to go to that? What made you like – was it just kind of like they were at the comps too and you started seeing them and you were like, that's kind of cool? Or what What drew you initially to that? Um, yeah, so that that was basically um, how I sort of got into it. So pretty much um, the, the first one I competed in was um, at Meatstock Melbourne here um, maybe a year or two ago. I can't – can't remember, but they it was the first ever SCA in Australia. And so that was the meat stock, you know, it's a big barbecue festival here, um, big competition. And that sort of people start cooking for that on the Saturday night and then hand in on Sunday. And so they got the State Cook Association in to run to run their thing on the Saturday. So it sort of gives teams who are already set up, they're already there, um, gives the punters something to look at, and it just gives everyone something to do sort of before the big competition, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah. And so the, the, the way the way we got in is actually quite a funny sort of story. Um, it was my daughter's. We were all going interstate for this competition, and we um, we decided not to do the state cookers association. Uh, we were like, nah, it's you know, it's, it was my daughter's thirteenth birthday. We we're like, we'll just we'll just hang out and um, just enjoy the day and not not cook on that day and get ready for the competition that night. But then as the day went on and it was about an hour or hour and a half away from turn-ins, me just having that fear of missing out, I'm like, no, nah, I want to do it. I want to I want to enter. Like, <laughs> So I ran off, found the organisers, ended up grabbing a steak and entering the steak competition like, you know, an hour before turn-ins. Um, so we handed that in. And then I was like, yeah, that was sick. That was good fun. You know, just just sort of winged it and did this steak. Ended up getting like a fifth place call up for the thing. So we, we were just stoked with that. But as the day went on, it was a burger category and chicken wing category. And so I, I didn't, because we weren't planning on doing this, I was sort of just, you know, fear of missing out. I'm like, nah, I reckon I can rustle some stuff up to enter the burger competition. So... I ran around, you know, went off to one guy, borrowed burger patties, found another guy, borrowed buns off, found another guy, borrowed pickles off, <laughs> found another dude, borrowed chicken wings off, and we ended up entering all categories <laughs> with basically no notice, no organisation, and, yeah. Like, with other people's just, shit, too. 
Yeah, with other people's shit. And like, I made deals with people where they're like, I'll give you patties, but if you win, I get the prize money. And I'm like, yeah, like, of course. Like, <laughs> you know. Just, like, sure, I don't give yeah. a shit. Here we go. Yeah. But that was, that was the good fun about it, though, because, you know, that's a, it was just it was exciting and fun, but like everyone was just there to help out. It was, it was just funny. I don't know. I, but after that day, like I really sort of enjoyed it, even though I wasn't that organized and I did plan on doing it. I had a really time. So, um, the next year they only had one that year, but then the next year they started adding a few more. So, um, for me, SEA, I really like it because it's short and sweet. So, you know, it only takes like freaking eight to ten minutes to cook a steak and rest it, or you know, rest it a bit longer. But um, it's not like a big drawn out ordeal. It's yeah, you get the fun of competition barbecue without the effort, basically. <laughs> if that makes sense. And, and without honestly, without the price tag, I think that's what's really exactly. drawing a lot of people to it. Yeah, exactly. No, so um, we, that's what I really enjoyed about it, and. Um, yeah, it was just good fun. So, um, and as far as the other category categories go, you got like you know hot dogs, burgers, chicken wings, um, all that sort of stuff. And I like that sort of side of things as well because it gives you a chance to sort of get creative and get freaky and try stuff that you wouldn't necessarily try otherwise. It's just a bit of um, I don't know. It's just a bit of bit of fun, really, just to to get wild. <laughs> yeah, so what what's the Mate, craziest thing that you've tried? Like where you were like, I don't think I would have ever done this. Like, what's the what's the thing you didn't think you'd ever do and you did? Uh, well, recently I've done a couple of those Krispy Kreme cheeseburgers, but they, they're not that weird. People do them, but I just changed it where I did it. So it was just a normal Krispy Kreme, basically a normal cheeseburger, like smash patty, um, okay. cheese, a um, little bit of caramelized onion. But most people, when they make Krispy Kreme burgers, they just use just the normal buns like the normal rolls, uh, sorry, donuts as the buns. But I got a sandwich press and toasted it in there. So because they're glazed donuts, when you put them in a sandwich press, they just caramelize and melt the sugar and they sort of flatten a bit. But they don't burn. when you take out a nah, – well, they could if you leave them in there long enough, but because it's real nonstick sort of flat sandwich press, you just do it enough just to sort of get them a little bit golden and then you take them off and put them on a cake rack let them sit for a minute, and then that sugar turns almost sticky into a toffee. So okay. that round the cheeseburger is just freaking next level, man. Like, and so, uh, like, the first time I tried it was um, at a competition here in our hometown, Adelaide, and, and they taste amazing, right? Like, you, maybe you don't think they do, but, like, it, No, it, no, they I'm, I'm really, intrigued. Yeah, they really do go nice. And in Adelaide um, – just not thinking. I, I just did it and just got it done and handed it up. And I was the very first person to hand up the burger. So as soon as that window opened, I went, put it in and done it. And then it came in like maybe midway through the, you know, out of 30 people. So it came in like 15th or 16th or something like that. Okay. Then I was thinking about it afterwards and I'm like, I thought it would have did better. But then I'm like, fuck, maybe I should have put it in near the end of the hand in window. How long is then- the hand in window? Uh, the hand in window, I think it was half hour for that one. I think they're half, about half hour normally. Okay, so I mean that's almost your food sitting for half an hour, right? Yeah, because they're not high yeah, right well, away. Oh, the judges do. Yeah, no. So they the judges um, will just try it as soon as they come in. So you've got half hour window, and when you put it in, it will get tried straight away. But oh, okay. I could have just made, I could have just made it twenty minutes later because they they're sort of quick to make. I could have just made it twenty minutes later. And just entered it in at the window, and because I thought it was, I thought oh, you know because it's a sort of sweet one, it might have been better to go last. And so, recently, just a couple of weeks ago, we just got back from the states, and I didn't have time to come up with a new burger idea or whatever. So I just went, "Fuck it, I, I like these Krispy Kreme cheeseburgers. I just want an excuse to eat another one." So I made them again, but I handed them in at the end of the turning window, and then. It obviously something worked because we ended up getting I think third place for it. So okay. <laughs> exactly the same cheeseburger, different different comp, but yeah, um, maybe that had something to do with it. I'm not too sure, but I mean it, that's kind of competition barbecue at its finest. Is you never yeah. fucking know what is exactly. going to work and why or how or yeah. whatever. Yeah, you really no, do. That's right. 
Yeah. It's insane. No, it's, it's, it's um, good fun. Like, that, that's the good thing about SEA is that everyone sort of gets not necessarily freakier out there, but it is that creative. So, what? yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, you know, you can just do what you want. If it doesn't work, no one has to know. <laughs> Cause and it's also in not, SEI, a, it's not a horrible, horrible <laughs> you know, You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, my God, I just spent 12 hours and it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. And you might have only spent a couple of bucks on like a couple of rolls or your hot dog or some wings. It's not exactly. that bad. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't well, spend 18 hours for somebody to be like, well, this sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it is good, though. Like, um, you know, we, we've won competitions. Like, we did the chicken wing competition and we just used Cosmo wing dust. And we did, like, literally all we did, deep fried some wings. Covered them in Cosmo uh, wing dust. Yeah. Bit of sprinkle of ranch and some chives to make it look pretty. And they just roll in it like first place in one of the biggest comps in Australia. And it was like, we literally, you know, no effort at all. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, but that's know. what's great about it. It's literally a five, you know, it takes like six minutes to deep fry some wings and toss them in some nice rub and throw them out. And they get a call up and you win 500 bucks. <laughs> Do you know that you just, you are an asshole, right? <laughs> like yeah that's, that's not what's supposed to happen <laughs> that's not always how it works but yeah other times you spend lots of time doing shit and then it doesn't pay off <laughs> that's yeah. how it's supposed to <laughs> <laughs> we, just, oh, we did this other one recently where it was this um competition in regional victoria and it's it was sort of like a big big open field and the weather just came in crazy, like freaking gale force winds, sideways rain. People were losing marquees left, right, and center. And I had my like, camper trailer there set up. And so we were cooking from this camper trailer. It's sort of pretty well hunkered down. And um, we had this category, something on a stick. And um, I was sort of making like this um, popcorn chicken stuff. I'm like, I'll make some popcorn chicken, yeah, season it up, blah, 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 put it on a stick and put it in. And so... I've done that, and, and I was deep frying the popcorn chicken because in SEA you can cook on anything you want, basically. You can get gas, cast iron, fire, electric, whatever. It doesn't matter. And so I was making this popcorn chicken, and I put the first batch down, and then I cooked one batch, took it out, and then at that time the wind just picked up and went under the camper trailer, lifted up my floor of the camper trailer and tipped my whole table over with all my deep fryer on it. Oh, all the, all the like, you know, four liters of hot deep fry oil just went all through the floor of my camper while I'm trying to, you know, like handing windows open. Basically, I'm trying to, I'm like, fuck, like you know, just trying to work out what's going on. And I only, I only literally cooked up six, six pieces of popcorn chicken. Pardon me, <laughs> six pieces of popcorn chicken. I'm like, well, wow, fuck this. Like, there's nothing I can do. I'm just gonna have to put these. I, I stuck them on a, on these sticks. Yeah, fancied them up, up best I can, put them in, and the same thing. They end up getting a call up coming in like second or third. Like, <laughs> and that was really, I was lucky to get anything in the box. <laughs> you're, you're like, I'm lucky to even have me competing at this point. <laughs> yeah, oh man, the stuff we put up with here is like the weather and that. One minute is like 40 degrees, like, well, 40 degrees Celsius, Celsius like stinking yeah. hot. Yeah, and then uh, another competition, it would be like, Pouring of you know a foot of rain and sidewards, you know, blowing marquees over and barbecues over. It's just, oh. it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, SEA is good, man. I, I really like it. You know, it's it's just a bit of fun. Um, we sort of earlier this year we had a little bit of time off from barbecue, as in there was a few comps earlier in the year we just we just weren't that keen on doing. I was sort of just just was sort of concentrating on SEA because it was fun and. That way, I just wanted to be able to go to comps and just hang out and judge a few times and just just sort of you know basic experience from a different side. And um, I think that really sort of helped us out sort of this year and um, you know just gave us a new sort of perspective on um, what goes on basically. And SCA man, it's really good. I'll enjoy it. It's it's just it's going to get massive here. Like I think this year they're up to like probably thirty competitions this year. 
well, sorry, next year, 2019. I think it's gotten really, really big here too. And I think the big, big part of it is the appeal, the price point. Um, and you yep. can cook on whatever the hell you want. I mean, yep. if you want to put two, you know, clothes irons together and you feel like you can make a steak, go for it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And that's what's good about it. You know, it doesn't matter how you cook it. And obviously a lot of crew use grill grates and this and that. But, uh, you know, our first competition that we did in Melbourne, we just did a um, direct direct grill over over coals. And, you know, no grill grates, no nothing. So you don't have to do what the other guys are doing. You can, I know a crew at the World Championships were doing it on cast iron pans over the fire. So yeah. it really doesn't matter. As long as, as long as you get up that steak cooked perfectly and... You know, that's that's all that matters. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you come because nobody knows. <laughs> it's like it's all sort of when you when you hand your box in, you get given a um a number like a, a little ticket and a number. And so when they call them out at the awards, they don't even know who's won. It's like they call the number out and see who gets up to claim it, basically. Um, so if you come dead last, just don't tell anyone. No one will know. <laughs> What number were so, you? I was number four. <laughs> you, you just don't tell anybody your number. <laughs> yeah, it's good fun. Or you tell them the wrong number. You know, you mean like, oh, I came in like fifth. There was no prize money, but, but that was me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, that's right. So, and that, it's good that, fun. Yeah, no, it, it's great. I mean, I think it's so cool what, um, like, how Competition Barbecue in Australia has really grown – uh, you guys are definitely at the forefront of that and doing doing a lot of really cool things for people. Yeah, I think that I think nah. that's really really cool, and um, it, it just shows it with the amount of teams. Yeah. Like over the last few years, the amount of teams. You know, I think it went from like you know maybe a hundred, two hundred teams the first year or two, and then I think this year it was like up to four hundred teams. You know, it's just as t- you know, some teams sort of leave the scene, but there's always Two, two or three more replacing them, you know? It's just, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Like. Now, is cost of competitions kind of going crazy? Yeah, that, that's why it helps to get you know, get sponsors on board because, you know, if you if you want to have a crack, sort of especially, you know, to, for the, um, the Australasian Barbecue Alliance leaderboard, it's a minimum three comps to sort of be ranked in Australia. Okay. And, you know, some, some competitions, like, like we did one last weekend and, that was a KCBS competition, but that was, um, yeah, that was just 450 entry fee for that. Um, so, yeah, if you add everything else on top of that, it gets quite expensive. Obviously, you know, comp, comps are minimum thousand, fifteen hundred bucks per comp at least, um, yeah. depending on how large you go. And yeah, we don't we don't cook crazy amounts of meat or anything. We're lucky to have um, you know good meat sponsors that look after us. But when we go to comp, we're not cooking two wagyu briskets or anything. We'll just cook one brisket and just just look after it, make sure we do it right. Um, same for pork. You know, we just, we, for me, I don't like cooking a whole heap of food at competitions because, you, you know, it's, if you cook two briskets, say, it's twice the amount of trimming you do, twice the amount of money you got to fork out, twice yeah. the amount of foil, twice the amount of rub, twice the amount of injection. Um, everything just adds up real quick. And it's just basically more work. Less work I can do for myself, the better. So, I'll just do one, do it right, you know, a few racks of ribs, just sort of keep it minimal and just look after them. <laughs> now, do you find yourself – Does is that – obviously looking after them and doing all that, that, that's the only way to really go. But did you find that a lot of teams kind of mimicked you in Australia or did you, do you feel like they kind of started like cooking, you know, three, four briskets, kind of how they do here? Uh, yeah, I know uh, – I know some. I know I, I can't really speak for a lot of other teams. I know some teams do cook, um, you know, a couple of briskets um, each sort of comp. But as I say, it, I don't see a point in doing necessarily two briskets and then just cooking them exactly the same way. If you're going to cook them the same smoke with the same rub and shit, it, really, is it going to turn out that different? Like it might because of the meat, but it's, I'm willing to take that chance. <laughs> if yeah. you're cooking a good, nice wagyu brisket, odds are it's going to turn out pretty sick if you look after it. So. As far as you know, teams imitating us that way, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I guess I, I try to tell people exactly what I said before. I try to tell people go, go less, 
is less work for you. <laughs> no, so yeah, maybe I totally that might, understand it. That, yeah, that might rub off on people. I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's also, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, like, I mean, if you're cooking three, four briskets to pull fucking six slices or, or how many yeah. slices you're pulling, it's like, shit, dude. It's a lot of work for it just seems pretty very, very minimal me. food. Yeah. Yeah, and then you got to bring it all home, and you got a freezer full of, you know, brisket and p- pulled pork and all that, and you give it away to your friends and family. But you know, you know, by yeah. cooking one brisket, you know, you're, you're saving your butcher. You know, if you you got a sponsored butcher and he's looking after you, like you're saving him money by yeah. not cooking two. You know, just cook one, cook it right. <laughs> yeah, that's my motto. <laughs> that's a good sense, good sense of advice. Yeah. <laughs> now, over over the last two years, what are some what are some of the craziest things that have happened in competition in the sense, like, to you guys, like, super unexpected besides being like, hey, listen, I'm going to enter a competition because I don't want to be left <laughs> out and just have everyone else bring me shit. And just take borrow and steal. <laughs> but what are, what are some of the other crazy things that have happened? Like you said, you know, pouring rain, shit you've never really cooked in. Uh, yeah. Has, has it just been a, just a wild, fun ride? I know I've been watching on Instagram. I've been following along. Yeah. But for those that have Yeah. <clears throat> We we always try to you know at comps and um, on the way to comps and stuff. We always try to Instagram stories the thing because it's easier than taking photos and posting it. Instagram stories because it's straight up. You can just film it as it is. Yeah. But it gives it gives people who are interested basically an idea of what goes on at comps. Oh yeah. You know they can see they can see what the weather's like and they can see how many teams there and they can see sort of basically if they you know if people, for people who have never competed before. If it's they're a, I think yeah. If they're interested, they they get to see what it's like basically, and um, more importantly, the reason I sort of the Instagram stories and that is for my, you know, for my family at home. If they're not there, like my mum, dad, or whoever can see what's going on basically. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they they like to keep up to date, but um, yeah, I mean, at the last competition the other day, we were filming. Um, we were lucky to be inside for that one. It was like the guy who organised the Luke Nagel. He he um he's probably the smartest dude in barbecue in Australia at the moment because he organised a competition and put all the teams under this massive shed. And the freaking next morning, it belted down with rain, like heavy. <laughs> and I was just like, how good is this? We're inside for once because normally you'd be out there in it, getting drenched up to your ankles in mud. It's just, just and it just makes life difficult when, you know, you've already got enough stuff going on. I was going to say, need the weather to make it, it, it difficult. it's rough at that point. Yeah, yeah. Like we we've seen, you know, um Adelaide uh, a year or two ago in a hometown competition, really bad weather and one of the marquees got lifted up by a bit of wind and then it knocked over the barbecue and all the meat tipped out on the floor so they lost all their shit. It's like bad stuff happens like that <laughs> if you're not ready for it. <laughs> it it does and it just sucks cuz then it's like, man. Yeah. That just, it just brings their moods down. Yeah, exactly. It just brings everyone's moods down. You know, if it's three o'clock in the morning and it's pouring in rain, it's cold, and you're just sort of sitting there just going, why are we here? Why do we do this? Like, <laughs> it makes you just sort of question yourself sometimes. You're like, I'm spending thousands of dollars to, to sit here and cook in this rain I- I'm for spend- some randoms to judge me. <laughs> I'm spending money for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to, to cook in some shit weather. That's always that's always the weird one where it's like, wait, wait, you're paying to do this? Yep. <laughs> yeah. If you get a call off, it makes it worth it. If you don't, you just go home disappointed. You're just, you're just <laughs> crushed. Questioning yourself, yeah, crushed. Questioning yourself, where did we go wrong? What happened? It's just, yeah, it's the worst, but. <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, oh, yes. far <laughs> yeah. as stories go, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a. Oh, I can't even think of too many stories where shit's gone wrong. Like, as in, shit always goes wrong. It's just I'm trying to remember it all. <laughs> Craig's the luckiest guy in Australia, guys. He he wins competitions with other people's shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you have to repay the favors later, though. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, it always course. comes around. But I don't mind, you know. I've had people coming up, you know, asking to borrow this, that, and the other. Oh, yeah, and you have to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it, it, it's it's just good old barbecue brotherhood. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. hey, I really forgot this. Is there any way you can help me? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I had someone, you know, you know Boomer's Barbecue, he came come up to me uh, 
at one of the last comps we're out. He's like, man, I haven't got any chicken brine. Oh, can I get some chicken brine? I'm like, yeah. So I gave him some Cosmos Q chicken brine, and then he freaking goes up and wins like first place chicken or something with it. I'm like, fuck, like, what did I give him that for? Like, <laughs> now, how, how have the restaurants come? How are the rest? How's the restaurant barbecue restaurant scene in Australia since we talked last? Yeah, they're, they're coming along really well. So there's still not a whole heap around. Like, you know, each there's definitely more than there was. Um, uh, definitely Sydney's got a got a quite a few good ones there now. They got bo- bovine and swine, and um, uh, was a black bear barbecue. Yeah, um, they're they're doing really well. They're sort of I think Black Bear just opened up another store, um, like a second store. Second, I think yep. bovine, yeah, bovine swine. They opened up a second store in a different state down in Melbourne as well. Um, we got a couple here in Adelaide. Um, yeah, there's not a heap to choose from in every state, but definitely, definitely, it's probably two or three or four in each state. Yeah, oh, which is awesome. you know, enough. Yeah, oh, definitely better than not having any for sure. Exactly. It's nice to be able to go somewhere <laughs> else to cook for you for once. <laughs> Sometimes it's just Thanks you know, you gotta you gotta go get some good good barbecue somewhere else. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Just see how the other half live. Yep, yep. See how the other half lives. <laughs> People who don't have to cook it every day for their for themselves. Oh, I mean, when I yeah. want great barbecue, I gotta cook it. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, but I'm my well, man. I, I say, yeah. When you finish cooking it, you just don't feel like eating it. I'd rather, I'd rather eat my barbecue a day or two later. It always tastes better a few days later because I don't, I don't stink of smoke and you know, it's just. It's just better. <laughs> it's just different, right? Everyone always asks me, like, they're like, when you cook and, like, you know, doing all the stuff you do, they're like, are you, like, hungry the entire time? And I'm like, no, I don't, like, sit and starve myself while cooking. <laughs> like, I do eat, but by the time I'm done with cooking whatever I'm cooking, I really don't want to eat it. Yeah. You give it to everyone else and you just sit back and have a beer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you get the enjoyment of watching people eat it. Yep. And that's the enjoyment. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So I think I think I think it's hard for people to understand who don't yeah. do barbecue. What? <laughs> like what twelve-hour brisket feels like? Yeah, I don't think they know what it's like to put that time in as well. Like they just they just see a brisket and go, ah, oh, it's a brisket, but they don't know that you got up at like two o'clock in the morning to light your pit to go, you know, throw it on an hour or two later. And <laughs> they, I mean, for the amateurs who don't know nothing about barbecue, they just, they just don't understand it. You know, they think, Oh, you go home tonight and cook a brisket. It's, it's just not that way. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll cook, a, cook a brisket. No, 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 not really. No, not, not, not how it's going to work. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's true. It's, it's for some of the amateurs. They just don't know. They yeah. have no idea. Like the, yeah. and it's not the ignorance, it's just, it's the lack of knowledge. And then you yeah. get, you know, the people that are like, well, wait, how long did it take to cook? And how expensive yeah. was that? And they, and they think they're like, well, how expensive is it? It's like, oh, well, you know, for us uh, up here right now, it's two ninety nine a pound. You can get it for a little bit less. Sometimes it's a little bit more. Um, yeah. Which I, I'm, I'm happy with that price point right now, but they don't get, they're like, oh, well, then that's not that expensive. No, it's not that expensive. But I'm buying, like, 15 pounds of it. I'm not buying, yeah, like, that's right. you know what I mean? I'm not yeah, buying the, two pounds. Pound. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then, I'm, and then I'm trimming off a good amount, too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's that's what's brutal about, you know, um, that's we we were talking about you know how sort of Australia's here has changed. I think in 2016 people weren't cooking, people were just cooking your your black Angus briskets in comp and that. Yep. And we've been cooking we've been cooking you know beautiful wagyu since the beginning. And that's something that we learned when we went to the states the first time. Yeah. Um, Kevin Coleman from Weber, we went we went to the Weber headquarters or the Culinary Academy or whatever they call it, and yeah, you know, Kevin Coleman, he's he's a top dude, and he sort of schooled us up because that was at the start of when we first started comp- competing. He's like, if you're not using wagyu, you're not winning, and that's basically you know because he goes, if everyone else is cooking wagyu, you sort of got to, and I was like, that sort of stuck with me, and so when we came back here. You know, I was cooking wagyu and that, and we we were getting brisket call ups almost at every single competition. 
Um, and that's only because other teams weren't necessarily using it. They were just using your run-of-the-mill, whatever they could get. Um, but now it's, now that's changed a lot here in Australia. Everyone's sort of pretty much cooking Wagyu. Um, but, yeah, when we, we get a nice big $200 Wagyu brisket and then you, 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 you know, you're trimming it to shit, like you're trimming it down to box size, you're separating it, and you have like a couple of kilos of, Scraps basically left every time, so I've got a freezer full of burger mints, you know, <laughs> of yep. Wagyu burger mints, just because the amount of comps you do, you just get all these trimmings from us. <laughs> and and you, there's but, no way you know, you're getting rid of that. You're not throwing that shit away. Yeah, exactly. It, it seems a shame just to hack into a you know a massive, nice, expensive brisket, but it's just the way it is. Um, it's not like you're wasting it, but it's just it's, you know I'd rather leave a hole and just cook it for my family, but it's. <laughs> Yep. That's not the way it goes. Yeah, it's comp, unfortunately. Got to look pretty. Got to look a little different. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but no, that that that's kind of cool that um, people did realize that, and they're 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 changing, like you said. Yeah. I mean, it, it's cool, but it sucks for you because then you're like, I have to buy Wagyu briskets. I can't just win with Prime. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we were a little bit sort of not secretive about it, but we didn't we weren't telling. People like when we first started competing, and you know, 2016 was the year we won the Australian Championship, and we used Wagyu that whole year. And we didn't even tell people we were using Wagyu, we didn't tell people what Wagyu we were using or anything. We just sort of kept it quiet because it wasn't, we saw it as like the little bit of an advantage that we had. Yeah, why not? Uh, Yeah, but now, like, I mean, it goes for the whole above it. We don't. You know, we never really used to post much of our boxes. And, and as I said before, it's because our shit was looking pretty sexy. And then the other boxes I was seeing wasn't necessarily looking that, that Looking that great. Know, yeah, not that great. And so I didn't want to post them because then crew would go, fuck, we need to make our shit look better. And I just saw it as a bit of a bit of an advantage, I guess, to sort of just keep it close to our chest and just let the year roll out and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But but now 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 I think differently of it. Now I'm like... We share like almost every single freaking box we cook at every comp because it's like, yeah, we're proud of it. Like, and we got, you know, sponsors to look after. And there's no point having a sponsor like Cosmos Q and then not show any of your shit you cook, you know? Like, you sort of, you want to show what you're doing with it and, you know, give them, give them stuff to look at and let people see what results you're getting out of it. And I just see it as a benefit now. Like, you know, we're proud of it. Let's just show it off. Like, it gives a fuck, like, because what if people copy or not? They can copy much off, you know. They they can't taste that shit anyway. But yeah, it's just a way of um, yeah. What we're doing now is not necessarily what we'll be doing next year or the next comp or whatever. It's like we like to keep it sort of fresh and sort of change, you know, evolve as we go along. Yeah, so, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah if we, it, yeah, it, I look it, at the boxes that we won with a year or two ago and. It doesn't necessarily look like what we do now. It's like, yeah. And it might not win now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, it just just might not win. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole field is just getting stronger these days, so. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. I think the the Australian, uh, you guys are just growing, and you you guys took it and loved it, and I love it. Yeah. And I think that's part of showing the boxes, you know. Like, us, it's nice to have a, you know, to just show your boxes off, because then – People who are getting into it, they see what the sort of top teams are doing, I guess. You know, I like seeing teams that share their boxes because it means it's, it's putting it out there so everyone everyone can be on the same wavelength and go, all right, this is not necessarily copy each other and imitate each other, but they know sort of the standard, I guess, that they sort of like to emulate or whatever. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, it, it, it 110% makes sense. Yeah. It is and if I'm going to if I'm going to sit up all night cooking bloody competition barbecue, I'm going to show it off. <laughs> I put a lot of time into it. I'm going to show it. Yeah, it's a big one. Like, hey, dude, listen, I I, I put some time into it. Yeah, let's make it yeah. look pretty. <laughs> I don't want to sit up all night and then just keep it to myself. Hey, how'd your boxes look? They looked fantastic. Do you have a picture? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'll just take your word for it then. Yep. So yeah. you looked really good. Yep. Yep. We looked really good. <laughs> <laughs> could you paint me a picture sure i could tell you what it looked like <laughs> here's a box it wasn't what it was but it looked like that. 
<laughs> just find someone on Google. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually one of your turn in box. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny though. I look through. I look through my phone and I'll see boxes and I go. When the fuck did we cook that? I don't remember that one. Like, it's just, I can't remember what comp it came from or anything like that. It's just, yeah. Shit, what was that? Was that one? Yeah, you know, you, I can't even. I can't even remember where it came or whatever. So, so yeah, I should probably keep track of them better. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can't remember them, they probably didn't score super super high. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I would say like the ones that get you good numbers, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> I mean, you, you can tell a lot from boxes, though. Like, just looking at a photo, you know, you can tell, like, say, looking at a brisket box, you can sort of tell a lot of things, I think, from from uh, looking at a box. You know, without necessarily including flavor and all that crap, you can you can see whether they wrapped it early or, like, you know, whether the sizes are crumbling, if you know, if they left it too long unwrapped or whether they put you on it or, you know, you can tell a lot of things, I think. Not necessarily like AG important things, but not that it really matters, you know, the way you cook, but yeah. But, I mean, it, it is what it is. You can definitely, and yeah. you can learn from your own boxes. Exactly, exactly. I, and that's what I like. We always take photos of our boxes um, after every turn in because you can, you can look at it and, and you always see shit on the photo that you don't see necessarily on the day. Like I've got photos of boxes that I necessarily haven't posted. Because at the time, you're like, yeah, that looks sick. And you, you put it and you do it and you serve it up. And then usually five minutes after the hand-in, I'll open up my phone and look at the photo and I go, oh, I don't like that, that bit of chicken there is a bit wonky or that, you know, there's a fucking chili seed on that or whatever. Like, you mm-hmm. always see these little things about it. And, you know, in the whole scheme of things, man, appearances fuck all in competition barbecue. Like, it, you know, you're not, yeah. not going to win on it. Yeah. Appearance is just that bonus point, basically. That's what I see it as. You know, you're going to win or lose a comp on tenderness and taste. You're not going to lose it on. But I think appearance does help because if they really like the way it looks, they're going to be yeah. they're going to be almost. It, it sounds horrible, but like if they think it looks pretty, they're going to think it tastes pretty. Yeah, they're going to expect it to taste good. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Yeah, so it probably has to ta- really, really miss the point for it and to. A, appearance is the one thing you can. You know, you can make, you can have a shitty cooked brisket and still make it look really good. Oh, it's yeah. the one thing you can get easy points on. So, so you might as well do it, make it look as good as you can because it's just those easy points. Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, make it look pretty, make it look good. That's all yeah. that matters. Yeah, I mean, I've been sweating. I've, I've turned into boxes where I'm like, afterwards, I was like, ah, oh, fucking like that. That look, that looks shit or whatever, you know. And then I get the appearance scores back, and they're all nines, and you're like, "Oh, what was I worried about?" Like, <laughs> yeah, they obviously they weren't that didn't bad. Think, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's it's always like those. It's always the boxes you don't think are going to do good. Like yep. fucking, uh, you know, that, blow that's your a mind. story that I like. <laughs> we did a bloody uh, uh, the Australian Australian Invitational a couple of weeks back. Um, did all the categories that were all banging up. Brisket was like amazing. The pork was amazing. And I probably, you know, the chicken, our chicken was good, but it wasn't the best we've ever done. And it was probably our weakest category of the day. I was like, ah, oh, you know, like, you, you know, it was all right, but it wasn't as good as we've done before. And that was the only freaking thing we got a call up in. <laughs> it's like, far out, man. You can never guess it. Like, yeah. No, you're never going to guess tough about it. it. Yeah. It's a hard game, man. Yeah. <laughs> you could be cruel sometimes. It, 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 it sucks. Yeah, yeah. So what about you? When are you going to get into competing? Are you going to do something? Or? Uh, we're, dude, dude, we're, we're doing uh, – we are competing. We cater. Yeah? Oh, we're catering, yep. dude. That's, that's, yeah, okay. just, that's just as much competing as a competition barbecue. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to impress six people. You're going to impress 100 Exactly, I got to yeah, do a hundred, yeah. and uh, they got to pay for it, so they <laughs> yep. think it's worth it. They, they expect something good in return, yeah. So, I mean, we're having a good time. We're doing that. We went that route. Um, That's good, man. Competition barbecue. I, I don't know. I'm just, <clears throat> I can't still wrap my head around that. It's so like the way the judging is. 
it just really, it really, it's hard for me because then I'm just like, if I get on a bad table, I'm screwed no matter what. But if you get on a great table, you're not. And I know, I know that's like the most pessimistic way to think about it, but that's just how I have it. But you know, in some ways, it's sort of the truth. Like I, I I'm the same way. Like I'm a believer. Like you know, you might not get, you might not get the results you're after, and you know, any particular individual event where you might do a comp and you you might think you've done really good Q and then you get hammered for it. But you do the same thing at another comp and you do well and you're like, well, fuck, like what, you know, you don't know sort of what's going on. But I I think if you do enough, like if you're doing, you know, three or four or five competitions a year, you, you, your, your odds are going to be better, you know, example of where you're at. Yeah. So don't, don't judge yourself sort of on one competition because you may have just got a bad table, whatever, I mean. We've done competitions where we've come, you know, say out of 30 teams, we've come 20th in a category. But you look at your scores, you get your individual breakdowns, and they're still like eights and nines or whatever. It's still a really good score. It's just not dropping all tens, you know? Like, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I've been judging a couple of times where I've scored a brisket freaking, you know, nine. Like, it's pretty, pretty epic. And then I look at the dude across from me and seeing what he's scored, and he's dropped it a six. And I'm like, we were we eating the same brisket, dude, or what? Like, <laughs> see, that's like, the, yeah, like that's just insane to me. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, there could be variances, like you know, in ribs, one end of the rib rack might be different from the other end, and that. But it's it's just one of those things, man. It is it is sort of personal preference in a way. Like, I know KCBS, they sort of teach you, you know, KCBS, they run, you know, they run the courses where they'll teach you, like, you know the bite of the rib and the brisket bend and, you know, they teach you sort of how to look for how, how the cue's cooked and stuff like that. You can look Obviously, at that stuff, but when it comes down to taste. Yeah. Taste is purely personal. That's right. You can't, you can't teach somebody to taste something that, you know, it, like you can't teach them to taste something. That sounds wrong, but yeah. uh, they're always going to have that personal preference. Yeah. Just is. Yeah. Like you give the one, you know, you give three people one rib. One will say, it's perfect. One will go, it's too sweet. And the other one will go, it's not sweet enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same fucking rib for everyone. You're like, dang. Like, and you, there's not really much you can do about that. Like, you can't just go and change your recipes or change what you're doing. It's just it is what it is. You just got to take take it, you know. Yeah. But it, it makes it hard to hard to um, deal with sometimes. <laughs> I mean. Because you just don't know what, yeah, you're just like, what, what happened? Like. You're like, what? You've got a bad table, man. And that happens, but... Yeah, but then it's like, oh, I spent all this money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, people might be quick to blame judges, though, but, you know... I mean, I'm sure a lot of them gonna... are. Cause they're yeah, exactly, but, you know, you sort of got to look at yourself first a little bit, but, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. You, you just got to, you know, deal with it. <laughs> As oh, I say, yeah. do enough competitions and you'll get a good idea of... Where roughly your standard is? Yeah, how good? <laughs> if you enter five good. competitions, come come last in all of them. You know that <laughs> you're probably not that good. If you enter five competitions and win a couple of them, well, you know you're probably pretty good. Like, <laughs> or you're placing decently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, we, the way we see it, if we if we can go to a comp and at least get one call up at every comp, it's not completely useless. You know, we have got yeah. a trophy for the butcher to put up on his shelf, and he's happy. <laughs> yeah. It's looking good. Yeah. But yeah, way we see, man. We we're out there, you know. It's me and my wife and my mate Simo, and we just go out and have fun. And it, it is what it is, you know. If, if you, oh, you yeah. get call ups, it's good. But your prize money, your wins, are never going to cover, never going to cover what you bloody spent. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's not about the prize money. <laughs> no, it's it's more about the uh, and the, the experience and get, getting what you did, and yeah, it's just a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah, that's it. Well, Craig, dude, I want to say thank you so much for coming on our podcast, hanging out with us, chatting barbecue. So I kind of, I kind of ended out in a different way now uh, since you've been last on the on the podcast. If you had to go back to the beginning of when you started cooking barbecue and give yourself three tips, what would they be? Three tips? Oh man! Uh, give me a second. I have to quickly think about this. Um, Um, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe probably just um, 
be organised as in if you're doing if for, for competition, just be as organised as you can. Get your shit done beforehand. Get as much prep, you know, make your brines, rubs and injections beforehand. That's do your chicken prep, do your meat prep, do everything before you leave because that's going to save you a hell of a lot of time cleaning up and mess and doing work when you could be sinking beers with the boys, you know? Like. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, what else? Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's oh, – fuck, you put me on the spot, man. <laughs> <laughs> Cook Wagyu maybe, yeah. Cook Wagyu when others are cooking. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing that anyway. choice. <laughs> Um, I, you know, for, I, I think, you know, as far as if crew are looking into getting sponsorships and that, don't just get sponsorships for the fucking sake of getting sponsorships, get sponsorships you really want to get behind and they'll get behind you and they'll support you and that'll make your life hell of a, hell of a lot easier. You don't want to be like repping a company that you don't like, basically. Don't just get a sponsorship because they're like, oh, they're going to help us out. Yeah. You've got to back that sponsorship up and yeah, be proud of it and rep them. And then that'll make your life easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. Well, well yep. Craig, man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If you can tell everyone where they can follow you on the internet, where they can follow your barbecue journey, that'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. So um, thanks for having us on the show, Marky. It's been great talking to you, man. Um, everyone can find us um, on Facebook at um, Suck Knuckle Smokers or our main account where we post pretty much – Everything will be on um, Instagram. That's the best place to find us at Suck Knuckle Smokers. Man, fantastic, dude. Thank you so much. Thanks, Marky.